0: Hey, guys. We just wanted to come on here and tell you about how we started our podcast because we were super overwhelmed to begin with, but then we found this app that made it so incredibly easy.
1: Yes. If you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, check out the Anchor app. It has all the tools that you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer.
0: And when you're hosting on Anchor, you can actually distribute your podcast on other listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and more. Um, honestly, it's
1: everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And the best part is it's 100% free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. You know, when you're working the night shift and it's 3am and it's like, <laughs> are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily and I'm Hannah and you're listening to Drunk or Delirious a night shift podcast. Wow, hi. Hey. Oh my god. It's been quite a journey to get
0: here. It really has. Literally 45 minutes later we start
1: recording. Um, yeah we just We've had, had some like, technical difficulties. So.
0: Like the most technical difficulties um, and we're on a new platform now and we think it looks really cool so um, we feel very profesh.
1: Yeah maybe we'll start using it more.
0: Today's episode is gonna focus on how to cancel a contract which like we hope that none of you ever have to do but um you know it's good to have that information in your back pocket in case like a really unfortunate scenario like Hannah just went through (laughs) happens um but yeah uh Hannah's been on a wild journey (laughs) I feel like
1: I have I and it's Uh. been like A situation where I feel like I've just I really have tried to stick it out and could I make it the full 13 weeks yeah probably but it's just one of those things where everything's fine until it's not like Mm -hmm. I have not every single day has been bad there like I have had shifts that have been like good or fine Mm -hmm. but it just takes one unsafe situation or one thing to just like Kind of blindside you And you just never know When that's going to happen And uh, yeah I feel like I gave it my fair shot And it was kind of like Situation after situation After situation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And like a lot of Different factors Which I'll go into A little bit of detail But um, if you want to know more Like you can definitely Message me And I'm happy to um, Like elaborate a little more I just want to be A little bit careful Like I don't want to I don't want the whole episode To be about me talking shit on a hospital, but more so kind of just, like, these are some examples of, mm-hmm. of what I experienced. And and then, yeah, like Emily said, just um, how to navigate <laughs> leaving yeah. early.
0: <laughs> yeah, which, like, I've never done that either. Um, there have been times when I've thought about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've never – been through anything to the extent that, um, Hannah has. So, um, I'm very, I'm very proud of her for just, you know, sticking up for herself and her career and, like, yeah, no, you don't need to be in any situation that makes you feel, um, uncomfortable, unsafe, risks your nursing license, risks your, like, personal safety, um, Yeah not worth it for a job, for a contract, for the money. Like it really isn't because there's – Or
1: getting blacklisted from a hospital system even. It's like unless that's something that, you know, there's a – the hospital system that you're at is somewhere that you really want to be in the future, but like why would you want to if you want to cancel that badly? So to me, yeah, absolutely, it's fine. I don't want to burn bridges in general, but sometimes, yeah it's worth it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. For your, and your mental health and and everything else too. So um, let's see, like, I don't even know where to start, I guess. Do you should, do you think I should talk about like some examples of what went on first and then we can talk about like what I did to kind of cancel it. Okay.
0: Yeah. So like what was going on that, you know, led you to start thinking about this in the first place?
1: I was, like, seeing red flags the second I walked into that hospital, to be honest. Um, it's in a very unsafe area. There were a lot of people abusing drugs on the streets on my walk to work. Um, people who would approach me every day on my walk to work asking for, you know, money, coffee, whatever. Which, that those things don't really bother me, but... Um, and, and for the most part, I... I just kind of just kept going, just walked and, you know, didn't really engage with a lot of people Uh, until one day um, I, this was like the day that I decided to cancel my contract, but um, the one, yeah, I was at my bus stop on the way to work and it was me and another girl and she had her um, suitcase. So she was about to go to the airport and this man comes out of nowhere just completely like uh, unprovoked, with a metal pipe, and smacks it right where, uh, right around where the girl with the suitcase, where her head is, um, and she dodges it out of the way. But he was not like tapping; like he was like swinging it like a baseball bat, like oh my God. like trying to hit her in the head, or just trying to scare us. I mean, either way, it was like he obviously had some mental illness and. I don't know. And I've never really been in a situation like that before where it's like you kind of have to act really fast on your feet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't know if he was going to continue to attack or or what was going to happen. But I just kind of like went around where the the bus stop was one of those like with a bench and then it has like a cover and it has like walls around it. So Mm -hmm. me and the other girl just kind of went behind it so and he was sit then sitting at the bus stop and I was just like oh my god are you okay you know and then um the bus came right at that second so I was like oh thank god
0: yeah so we both
1: got on the bus and then the guy got on the bus after us too and and I was just like oh fuck like he's following us and then I I was like sit next to me so I'm sitting with her and I got my pepper spray in my hand and I went up to the bus driver and I was like Excuse me, like, that man just tried to attack that girl with a metal pipe. And he's on the bus. <laughs> Fucking casual. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, okay. Like, just, like, completely unbothered. Like, I'm a bus driver in Harlem. Like, I, she probably sees this stuff every day. <laughs> and then I went and sat back down. And then she she's like, miss, miss. Miss. And I was like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Do you want me to call someone about this?" And I was like, "I mean, probably." Like, yeah. and then the whole bus ride, he's he's hunched over and he's looking at us, and I'm hunched over looking at him, and I have my pepper spray in my hand, and he's just taunting and threatening us like the entire bus ride, and he's just like, "Fuck you, bitch! Yeah, I fucking got on the same bus as you. I could have fucking killed you. I could have fucking taken your head off, you bitch." just yelling oh
0: my god I have like, oh my god I just have like chills all over my body I cannot
1: yeah and like I, I started there just to say like the actual physical location of the hospital is sketchy um and anyway he got off the bus and it ended up, I ended up being fine but I literally like I am kind of a softy like I mean I've just never been in a situation like that I cried yeah. a little bit I was just like, oh god I'd be fucking really terrified scared. yeah
0: and they just never called anyone
1: no no he just got off the bus and went about his life and like I said I mean oh mental god. illness and everything like that but like yeah he was dangerous and and like unprovoked and I just feel like that he could have easily like bashed my face in
0: I feel like and mental illness to an extent if he's like singling you out on a freaking bus and saying he could right. have killed you. Like
1: like he was I, aware enough of his actions. Mm-hmm.
0: Like right. there's a different, I feel like, you know, there's people that you see that you can tell that they are just, yeah, like completely in another world. Like their reality is not our reality. Um, right. And I don't think they even like see us like, see other yeah. human beings, um, right. whereas, like, that sounds like, um, well, he could, he could, uh, he knew what he was doing a little bit, at least.
1: I agree, yeah, I mean, no sane person would just, like, do that, but than... yeah, I don't know if he just, like, hates women, or had some sort of past experience, or, like, something that had just happened to him, and he had some sort of anger inside of him, and he just kind of was on a power trip, I'm not sure what, what was going on there, but That was really scary. Um, Yeah. Okay. So, like, I feel like
0: that alone, I'd be
1: like, "Mm,
0: yeah. So, um, I'm gonna be taking like an Uber to and from work every day, and the hospital is gonna be reimbursing me for that. (laughs) Like, I am not at all like that. Just like bottom line, if nothing else was happening, you know. But you, that wasn't the only thing.
1: That was just like that was the last thing.
0: Yeah, was the the tip of the iceberg right there. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Not to mention, too, just, like, it's just unpleasant. Like, my walk to work, it's the whole, I feel bad. It is really sad. Like, the whole street smelled like um, a porta potty. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure people just poop and pee in the streets. But it also made me sad because I'm like, well, where else are they supposed to go? Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, the whole experience was really Mm -hmm. eye-opening. The hospital itself, being in a poor community was really, like, outdated um, in equipment, but also policy. Mm -hmm. Um, And no perception of people, like, the travelers that I met on the unit, myself included, like, we all had a lot of past experience. um, But we were looked, if anything, down upon, Okay. Um, I felt like very disrespected and very, um, I like, I treated like a child in every, like, and watched at all times. Um, they were auditing our charting and watching our every move. Um, very distrustful of us, even though the unit and the hospital could not survive without travelers because all of their staff has left. Most of the shifts, just like at the, the unit you, you were on, but most mm-hmm. of the shifts, it's mostly travelers. You might have, like, one charge nurse on. Um, so you had to, like, be ready really fast with all of the door codes and phone numbers and... Um, knowing where things are and everything like that Um, and not that travel like travelers are the best nurses I think like just especially seasoned travelers I -hmm. I always prefer to work with travelers I know that we asked somebody a a would you rather maybe it was Alicia like would you rather be in my unit of all travelers or be the only traveler Mm -hmm. and I still think you know I love working with travelers but the downside to it is everybody has the has really good skills, but, yeah, like, not everybody knows, yeah, like I said, like, who to call or, or where mm-hmm. do you find this. And, yeah. And, you know, like a lot of, like, wasted time and stuff like that, totally. which can sometimes create, like, can sometimes create dangerous situations. Yeah,
0: 100%. Like, I mean, yeah, in an emergent situation, if you don't know, like – where's Where's the endo tube where's the 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 supplies? like like, or like what's the phone number to get I don't know if they had people like on the unit all the time it's like how do we get the attending here like I don't know but just all the phone numbers and everything that you need pharmacy phone number like it's just yeah can make really sketchy scary (laughs) situations
1: exactly and Um, if the
0: staff isn't like that has trained you hasn't really told you anything you know like I've had scenarios like that too where I was like sure they trained me on I mean I know how to take care of a patient but that's like all we went over is like that and charting the patient care you know like right where's everything else that I need to know like I need to know all the safety things
1: yeah and like either you can't get to everything on your one orientation shift you know it's mm-hmm. if you're not doing labs if your patients don't have labs that day then you're not doing labs um if you're not giving blood on that day then you're not you don't know about the process is. yeah and and i would get yelled at for things like literally the aggression of some of the people there was like really surprising i i had to give blood one time and again this was my first time giving blood at this hospital and some the lab or the blood bank person came to the unit and just attacks. You didn't call and blah 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 and just like very like aggressive. And I'm like, I'm hi. What's your name? Like that's the thing. It's like there's no manners. There's no um, hey. I'm waiting for. I was wait, My I'm blah 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 from blood bank. I'm. Wait, I was waiting for this call. Who has this patient? It's it's attack mode, right away. And, you know, maybe that's New York, but I, I just, I don't, I can't put up with that. Like, that's just not how I am. And I found myself just getting more and more blunt and more and more, like, just, yeah, standing up for myself. And, like, if I would get a phone call and there's, like, is someone floating to PEDS? I'd say, hi, um, this is Hannah in the NICU. Who's this?
0: Like, introduce yourself.
1: I don't know who you are. Like, I...
0: I can't. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. No. Scenario that's scenario
1: after scenario like mm-hmm. that, just over and over and over again. Um, safety issues. Um, I, i I came on shift and and um, had to find out, unfortunately, that my patient's NG tube was four centimeters too short, which was causing her to bubble breast milk out of her nose and mouth and struggle to breathe Um, and they were just blowing it off as oh she has reflux and needs to be suctioned often Um, Mm -hmm. no there's like a huge lack of like assessment skills and like question like that's the thing of that especially experience like experience has taught me with nursing that assessment piece I mean I don't and we've talked about this so much on the podcast but that difference between being a new grad and kind of just doing task, task, task versus like when you become, when you're a few years in and you're looking at a whole picture and you're you're looking like, okay, my patient is throwing up and bubbling out of their nose and mouth. Let's think about this. What would be the first thing you would think of? Like, let's check the NG tube. Let's see Mm -hmm. if the depth is appropriate. Like, it's just something that's very, NICU basic and and it's really concerning to me that, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's so, like and you. There were, I
0: was go gonna say you should be able to like look at a baby, get their weight and like have a general idea of like where that ng tube needs to be in their in their stomach like if you get a whatever i can't remember how many kilos that baby was but like a two and a half three kilo baby like you know that that tube needs to be around 20 like that's just like automatic so for something to be what you said i think it was at 14 that's a straight up micro preemie like it's just like you know that without even looking at the child right. based on the weight like it just
1: and then they they just treated me like i'm an idiot like of course and, they did. and it just it just wore on me because and it was like situation after situation after situation where i'm just like you all are watching me and not only me all of the travelers and i just you know questioning every all my every move and yet, you guys can't provide safe care for these preemies, which is so scary. Um, um, yeah, there were like other unsafe situations too. Like, with I just feel like their codes never went smoothly. Um, I felt like they were mismanaged, and there was a lot of wasted time. Um, just because I think. Since they're a smaller unit, they're not as used to having critical super thick babies. Yeah, so, yeah. So when you're in a level three or a level four, it's almost like daily, so you get a lot more exposure to it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is a level three, it's just a really small unit. But yeah, that was concerning. Um, and then, then the floating was also an issue. Um, <laughs> I and I've been seeing this a lot on the Facebook pages, too, about floating. And um, they're just, like, hiring nurses lately, it seems like. And in their head, they th- they think, like, oh, we're paying them all this money. So, obviously, travelers are first to float. Like, that's just, that is part of the job. But
0: mm-hmm. it does have
1: to be within your scope of practice. And that's something that I, like, firmly, firmly believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been floated to mother baby and take took care of the babies and I'm 100% fine with that I think that's lovely like I'm happy to help um and I'm fine with floating to any pediatric unit as long as it's I would say under like two is probably like appropriate for a NICU mm-hmm.
0: yeah to an extent like I think my places were like three and under yeah. um and it's fine. Like okay, yeah. I can deal with that. Yeah. I'd prefer a baby, but I can deal. Um, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Even three is like that's not a baby. It's like totally.
0: It's no. It's a little child. Different. It's a human. <laughs> it's like a and full human. And they
1: will like fight you and yeah. talk and everything. Um. But yeah, I, I uh, in Colorado, like that happened mm-hmm. to me, and I said well this is new for me but it was part of the policy and you know what they stuck to it right
0: and there was a policy you know Mm -hmm. like that at least backed up that decision and whatever and they couldn't give you over that because it was without of that policy scope like I yeah, I think I remember like we were getting an admission of like some one of my patients, like brothers that was like a year older. And I was like, I mean, I can take him. Like I have the brother. Like I feel like it just makes sense for me to just have both kiddos. Like there's not a lot to go on. They were like, No, he's like he was like four or five or something. And they were like, No, you can't take him. I was oh like, wow. Okay. Well just trying Good, to like yeah. make it like easier for the mom, but um yeah, they like wouldn't give him to me. So there are places like that and then there are yeah. places
1: like this. Like where and it's you also are. just like I don't have pals, so right. I'm not really protected like if something were to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think more and more places are having NICU nurses, it's a requirement for NICU nurses on a lot of contracts now to have PALs, um, so that they can float you. Um so that's just kind of an FYI too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, I took care of patients up to 10 years old and they did try to give me a 20 year old patient, um, without batting an eye. Like no, with a lot going on with a lot going on. Yeah. That I, I don't have any experience with it. I mean, it's just, it's not that I'm not capable. I, I know that if I had training in pediatrics, right. I could do it. I'm smart enough. It's not even that. It, it's, it's just, it's the principle and it's just inappropriate and to have no mm-hmm. orientation. And I'm, it's not even my home unit. I'm yeah. a traveler and a float and you're trying to give me a 20 year old. It's taking advantage and it's putting the patients at risk. It's putting yeah. my license at risk and it's just All wrong. Of that.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, a hundred percent. It's, I just remembered to a memory Um, when I, in Connecticut, I floated to PEDS um, and I took a 16 year old like post-op spinal fusion patient who was at least like several days out. And like, I really actually didn't have to do anything. Um, I okay. listened to her and then I like had the tech, like help me get her out to go to the bathroom because she had to get up a certain way. But like, otherwise like, at least in peds, you know, you do your one assessment and then they just like sleep throughout yeah. the night for the most part. But still, I remember being like, what? But they didn't have a policy on that. And I was like, oh, I couldn't really refuse. They were like, well, we don't have anyone else. But they were all still pretty exactly. like nice. Like it was, everyone was like very helpful, which at least, you know. But still, it's not within my freaking scope to take a post op spinal fusion patient. Like, are you fucking kidding me?
1: No. It, it makes me rethink a lot about what I would almost recommend for people who are serious about wanting to be travelers in the in today's day. Like, yeah. it really has changed a lot in a lot of ways. Um, but honestly, like, if you're, especially if you're NICU, I would do a year of or two years of NICU and a year of PEDS or a year of PICU or something. Right. Because chances are they're going to float you and they're just going to, they're going to want you to do all ages. So if in protection of your yourself, it's just like, I feel like the more experience, the better. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I feel like you can't, I mean, I mean you can help it to an extent, like, but at the end of the day, they're going to float you, and they're going to need you to take an assignment. And, like, if they don't have any policies up against you taking an age out of your range, like, are you going to walk yeah. out of the shift? Like, I don't know, you know, like, what are you going to do? Right. Um right. Like, and is that a reason to walk out of a contract? Probably, I mean... You can get through a shift in a Peds, you know. Like it's not, it's not gonna be fun. It's fucking terrible. I hate doing that, but like, you're gonna get through it, and it'll be okay. But still, like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But it's hard to, yeah, figure out what to do in that scenario.
1: Yeah, you're right. If they're not, they they put you in a position where, yeah, you are the asshole if you refuse because they desperately need help and. They, like you said, they don't have anybody else, and if you walk out, it's gonna be one nurse to seven or eight patients right. or whatever it is. And it's like, you, yeah, it, it's really crappy. And I don't, I don't know why they don't hire travelers for Peds because
0: it's just a shitty scenario, like all around, for them to put any nurse in. I mean, I mean, they do that even if you're staff. If they float you, they give you. Shit assignments as well. Like I've yeah. had that experience also. So uh, yeah, floating policies are need to be like seriously upgraded um, or updated.
1: Only, I would only like the only place that floats get good assignments is NICU because we give them feeder growers. Yeah, and they can complain all they want because they don't want to be feeding babies. But it's easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, at least it's easier. We're not going to give you. Uh, freaking vented patient on drips or like something post-op or like anything that is not appropriate for you to take even on freaking high flow you don't get that like unless you're pick you right so yeah no I agree and I know people hate floating to the NICU because it's boring and like I get it whatever but like yeah like you said it's gonna be um a more appropriate assignment I mean I guess you're not not everyone's used to taking care of babies and like that freaks them out Right. right, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, man. you're floating. with shitty. The so unit shitty. was shitty. <laughs> yeah,
1: the patient safety situations, like the, just I just felt like. A lot of the times they weren't in in good hands really, and mm-hmm. um, and the uh, culture I, I would say too um, was definitely a contributor. I felt, like I said, disrespected a lot um, and not yeah. appreciated. That's so fucked. Not, But some people, yes. Like I'm not going to say it was everyone because th- there were a few people there that I met that were like very, very, very sweet and grateful. Um, and for them, it breaks my heart because I will just say this. I'm not the only traveler who's leaving this week. Um, and it's a shame because... They are losing good nurses, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. That's why I feel like it's one of the reasons why I want to talk about it,
0: Mm -hmm. because I
1: feel like um, they need to make changes if they really want to be able to, like, retain their staff or their travelers.
0: 100%. And I feel like that happens at so many places, like the contract that I just did, like, Literally, all of your staff quit, and now mm-hmm. none of your travelers want to stay on another, you know, X amount of months. Um, because you, I mean, one, it wasn't as nowhere near as bad as that. Like, I mean, management, it was just a like, I don't know, people were transitioning, it just wasn't going well in that transition state. But then they like dropped our pay a ton, and like. You know, just wanted to do a lot of ridiculous stuff. And it's like, okay, well, we're also going to leave now. But when are you going to realize that you need to change everything that's going on here in order to keep your stuff? Yeah. And, and like, it, yeah, I was going to say, and where my freaking other, my full-time NICU job, that was the same way. Like, so many people left. Like, I feel like straight up 100 people left last year or more. Oh, my gosh. And that Nick, yeah, it was wild.
1: It's a problem with not only travel nursing, but with nursing in general, because we're not valued and we're treated as a body. Mm-hmm. And that's what it, I think, honestly, that's what it comes down to. And it's been really eye opening. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they just say, oh, yeah, the units staffed, like just float and they're not considering us as a human being. Um, it's all about a numbers game and the thing is too that's very sick is like these hospitals do have the budget to hire travel nurses um and but like a lot of these places will only hire them when jaco's coming or like when they need to put on a a certain show and um but the reality of it is like if if it's not jaco season then um A lot of the times it's these poor staff nurses that just have to pick up the slack. It's, uh,
0: there are so many things wrong with the nursing field right now. Like there really are. And I know, I mean, I feel like we probably sound like a broken record. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's like absolutely ridiculous. The, mm-hmm. what they expect of us and what we're compensated at and what we're asked to do and yeah. putting our licenses at risk and the
1: conditions you have to work in and it's just wild um, yeah and it beats your body down too like at this place every almost every shift I didn't eat lunch until 4pm 4, 4 or later um, I mean that's not cool I would like straight up pass
0: out like my, I like don't think I could survive that.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, I'm a, again, I'm, I'm a broken record, but back when I was a 22 year old nurse and I just started out, like I looked at things like that as, well, you signed up for this or like this is just part of the job, but now I'm starting to question it. It's like, but no, I I'm, I'm deserving of my lunch break. It's a long shift. I deserve to be able to yeah. get off the unit for at least thirty minutes because yeah, our jobs are really intense and it's not healthy for our bodies or the patients to have a nurse that hasn't had fuel. It's just wrong. Um
0: It is. And I feel like but I that think that of like so many other fields that you know, value their employees and are like, no, you absolutely get a 30-minute lunch break. It is at this time, like... Or, like, even other states, like, California is like, nope, you have your 15-minute, you have your 30-minute. Like, states that have really good labor laws are just companies that support their employees, like... Right. And it, it's not a lot of uh, hospitals, I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like,
1: California looks more and more attractive. It's like... Yeah. I mean, the break nurse is it's awesome because they will come at whatever the scheduled time is and if you have meds do or if you have a feeding do or if we'll you have it. whatever they'll do it it's your turn to get off the unit go what are the what needs to be done got it that's their whole job and yeah yeah every unit should have that yeah every unit should have that they yeah really should And just like the resources uh, in a lot of the big hospitals, like children's hospitals and stuff, like it was just night and day coming from CHOP um, because there it's a place that it's safely staffed, their nurses are valued. Um, I really can't say enough good things about that that unit. Um, I really enjoyed my time there. And just like bigger units like that, they have a lot more extra hands. So, like, they will have someone in charge without an assignment. They will have. other, um, just, I don't know, other nurses that are floating around Mm -hmm. and everything. So you're never like, if you have a really busy assignment, there's plenty of people to ask for assistance. Whereas like these small units often you're all all equally as busy and you can't even help each other. So if you're having a busy shift, yeah, you're not eating. So, (sighs) Oh
0: my God. Yeah, yeah, it's just not okay. Um, so, what was like? How did you get the process started, or like, you know, that conversation started to that you wanted to leave?
1: Um, so, luckily, my recruiter <laughs> is the best recruiter ever. Um, but he he like keeps like open communication um, throughout the contract, so he was kind of aware of everything that was going on, and. Basically, I documented um, the things that were happening to me, um, detailed in email form, sent to him. Um, because it's the same kind of idea as charting
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: hospital. It's like if you, if it if it didn't if you didn't chart it, it didn't happen. Yeah. Same thing. So, yep. I just documented with dates and as specific as possible. Um, just so I had sort of like a reason for why I was leaving. So it just kind of didn't seem like it was out of the blue because I think oftentimes myself and I I know a lot of other nurses will just put up with things and be like, whatever, I can stick it out. It's 13 weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I just kind of learned through this process that, Yeah, I think whether or not – I kind of was just documenting because I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to leave or not, but I want to be able to have have this. Yeah. Um, so it ended up being a good thing that I was keeping track of all the things that were going on. Um, I also spoke with their nursing educator – in person and kind of addressed some of my concerns as well just so that i could say that i wasn't staying quiet um Mm -hmm. yeah i think that if you're in a unit and there's safety issues or there's or even if they're not treating you well and they're disrespecting you i think those things you need to say something because if you just keep rolling like letting it roll off of you Mm -hmm. they're just gonna keep abusing you um yeah so I addressed things with, um, the educator. I, um, definitely just started sticking up for myself more and creating boundaries and speaking up. And then I decided, yeah, I decided to leave finally. And, um, I had a recruiter who had my back and, and didn't question. And he said, you know, he, he just completely supported me and, um, you know, agreed that, what was going on wasn't right and he kind of started the process and I um, put in my two weeks with the director over email so again like a paper trail
0: Mm -hmm. with
1: dates and everything and very clearly stated that I'm putting in my two weeks and my last shift will be blank and um, and that was it pretty much (laughs) I mean yeah that's not as like
0: complicated as I would think it would be I mean you just say yep I'm not coming back
1: (laughs) yeah and I think that there's other ways to do it like where you're just like I'm done and I'm no there's no two weeks and you're just like I'm out of here kind of thing I mean technically that's like the wrong way to go about it I was trying to go about it in the best way that I possibly could yeah um you know two weeks notice I think is is um the respectful thing to do so that they can put out more needs or you know kind of adjust their schedule to you know with the knowledge that you're not going to be there so Mm -hmm. um, but yeah that I mean those would be my tips for anybody who's in that in a situation like I was um so just document 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 even if you're not sure if you're going to leave or not I think keeping your recruiter in the loop like you, you're no one's going to know what's going on if you just keep it all to yourself or if you're just coming home and venting mm-hmm. to your partner. Mhm. Exactly. So.
0: And I know he like suggested you talk to the rec- to the like educator too, which is like Ooh, that's such an awkward thing to do. Um but I I also understand like why he'd want you to do that. So it looks like, you know, you're letting someone know these problems that you're seeing and it's not just him as an outsider in the unit but like yes so freaking awkward oh my god
1: it is it is so awkward and I'm usually not a person that enjoy I mean who does who likes confrontation I like, fucking hate it not many people. <laughs> I hate it and and I don't like to be the person that's like causing a stir or making uh-huh. or causing drama or anything like I don't I don't enjoy being that person at all um and at first I kind of like put it off and I was like no like I don't I don't really want to talk to anybody in person like that's so like you said that's awkward but as more and more things started to happen and I just felt like no I feel this way for a reason and my feelings are valid and I don't know my hope is that things will get better there because like i i want the patients to do well and i want the staff nurses to be happier Mm -hmm. and yeah i just i just feel like maybe there could possibly be some good change i mean i'm not sure but that would be my hope
0: yeah i hope so too i mean you said that the director though like asked why you're putting in your two weeks and that like Clearly, the educator hadn't told her anything about what you had said, right?
1: Yeah, and it's just surprising. Like you'd think that those things would be addressed. And I, the reason why I didn't tell the director is because I never saw her. I saw her like two or three times total, right? But she also is the director of like multiple units, so I mean, I'm not surprised by that. I just didn't really know how to get into contact with her. Totally. Um, I mean,
0: yeah, I would talk to the educator, too. like that, Or, like, you know, whoever is in upper management, that, that that's there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I don't blame you. It's just interesting, like, that maybe that that is kind of bringing some stuff to the surface for her as well about, you know, these... There's not great communication going on here. And, like, why didn't I know about any of these things and these concerns that people are having with this unit? Yeah. And... Hopefully that
1: will, um, you know, start some change. Yeah, and hey, maybe instead of focusing on the travelers and our charting and how we string fluids, et cetera, et cetera, you should be worried about your own staff knowing NRP. Yeah. Maybe.
0: I wonder how, how that class goes. I bet you it's just one of those, like, oh, you come in, like, practice bagging a baby really quick and, like, or, and go, you know, like, show me that you can do the compressions, but, like, don't go any over any scenarios or, like, have to do any of that.
1: Yeah. I bet. I don't know. Or, like, yeah, like. Hmm. Yeah, because when, the reason I was having this conversation, she came up to me and, And starts questioning me, why is this baby in an isolate? And I'm like, well, she was in an isolate when I got here. And I kind of feel as a traveler sometimes, like, I'm not going to be making any big executive decisions, like, to put this kid in a crib. Because, unless the doctor specifically asks me to, but I'm not going to just use my nursing judgment and do that. Because... I'm afraid of backlash on the other end. Mm-hmm. People are so particular about when they do things. Yeah. Yes. So I was just like, I'm leaving her, you know, when the time comes, someone will tell me and like, or they can do it on nights. Like I'm not going to be doing anything crazy like that. I mean, I know it's not crazy, but you, you know what I mean though. Um, and so she's questioning me. Why, why is this baby in an isolate? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just, I just leave her in there. Like no one told me to move her. And she's like, well, you, you should ask questions. Well, don't ever be afraid to ask questions. If you don't ask questions, you're going to be in dangerous situations. And, bo- and she starts lecturing me. Okay. And I was like, yeah, trust me. I'm uh, not afraid to ask questions. Oh, while I have you here, I just wanted to let you know about a couple of safety issues that I've noticed in the unit. So I, then I told her about the NG and then I told her about the the code where they didn't know how to... Put on this a is the educator? Detector. Yeah. Oh, she asked so that's you. Kind of oh, how, how I... I okay. Uh, I got the balls kind of that in that way because she starts questioning me, and I was like, okay, oh, huh, you're uh, really going to uh. make a stink about me not taking a baby out of an isolate? Here's what you should be focused on. And I said it really nicely. Like I was as respectful as I could be, but I was like, honestly, like these need to be addressed. Yeah. And she said, you know, I'm going to address them, so... I could only trust that there would be some sort of like le- refresher learning because, yeah, it's really it's concerning. It's concerning. Yeah, my gosh.
0: I mean, just wipe <laughs> your hands a bit. Like, bye, bye, Felicia. Like, get bye, out Felicia. of there. It just sounds like such a like stressful. Like emotionally and physically draining yeah. experience. Um, and I'm really glad that you're out of it. And I'm proud of you for standing up for yourself. Cause, like, as it, I mean, that was, I wouldn't have done that as like a new nurse, you know, like as a new traveler, I would have just stayed.
1: Oh, and but I would t- have been like crying every day. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I really, really hope and pray that no one's first assignment is there because oh my god oh my gosh it's scary and you got to be watching the residence orders you got to be double checking every calculation it's um it's not a place for for your first assignment it's not a place for anybody to go to be honest with you but especially not if you're a new traveler so if you're considering going um
0: to this area uh message us and let us know Mm -hmm. or like we can tell you what the hospital was because just, you know, make sure that you're not going there. Like, that is just... Unless they make some major, major changes and, like, revamp the entire system, like, it's not a place that... It's just not worth it. Yeah. Mm-mm, anyone should go. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, if any of you are in a situation where you feel, you know, similar to how Hannah's been feeling... Um, and you just like kind of have some questions about like what you should do. Like feel free to shoot us a message. We can try and guide you. Like Hannah can try and guide you um, in the right direction on what to do or just give you any support. Like it's just not a situation we want anyone to ever be in. Like that's so tough. Um,
1: yeah. And don't let other people tell you that it's what you signed up for. Um, so there sure was isn't. another... It's not. And you know there was another traveler that was ta- talking down to me she was a little bit older um but we've been travel nursing for the same amount of time um so i'm not trying to downplay her nursing experience i'm sure she's you know she's been a nurse for a lot longer than i have but in regards to travel nursing i have just as much maybe more uh, experience than she does um but i just you know i it's that age thing again that just keeps coming up for me i just keep feeling disrespected and I'm like, I'm not even that young, guys. Like, I don't know. I. It's very frustrating, and it's very, like, obvious to me when it happens. And I'm just kind of tired of it. But, yeah, she's like, well, you know, it's just what you sign up for with travel nursing. And I was like, yes, within your scope. Like, yeah. I am totally, I totally understand that travelers are first to float, but... It's the same thing like when they tried to float me to adults in Arizona. Like, no, no no. I don't have that experience. It's inappropriate. So yeah, don't let other people try to tell you what you're what you should and shouldn't be doing. Like, I don't know. I mean, don't be a brat. Like, obviously if you are floating to peas and they give you three and under or whatever, like yeah, okay, sucks, but do what you gotta do but you'll get through it. If you're uncomfortable and they're and they're trying to give you a teenager and you've never had these certain lines before or you haven't had these meds and you don't feel safe administering them, like definitely stick up for yourself because at the end of the day, it is your license on the line and the only person who can really protect um, that is yourself. I think so. Um, yeah. Just really think about like what your boundaries are and what you are okay with and what you're not okay with. So that if you are put in a situation like that, then you kind of know right away how you're going to handle it. Um, and that, I guess that's just my advice, but yeah, you guys can message yeah. me anytime if you have more questions.
0: Yeah, that was all, that's all really great advice. Um, I don't even, I don't have anything to cap that off with. <laughs> <But> all <laughs> right. You well, said it all.
1: yeah tune in next week i guess um i think it'll be our episode with Leanna, right yeah
0: that's a really good a, one oh, yeah she's, so she's the best it's a really fun episode you guys will enjoy it um, and Yay. enjoy her um but yeah guys have a great weekend yeah have a good <laughs> one uh Bye. a happy labor day weekend that's what oh, it yeah. is so oh, yeah. hope you guys enjoy. do something fun <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.